the last time we had on this guest, Steelers are getting set to take on the New England Patriots. We bring him in for the big games. Like the Penguins, I feel like the football season can be pretty hard on one Mike Pursuta because he does everything. Triv, you're probably amped up, though, this time of the year, are you not? I'm so amped up, I'm doing the East Street Shuffle. Damn right, baby. See, Joe gets you. I think Joe might get you more than I get you. Joe's a wise man. He is a wise man. He's got great taste in music, I know that. Do you think John Gruden's bald? Uh, Yeah, maybe, now that you mention it. See, that's the realization we've come to on the show today, is that I never thought John Gruden was bald until Brian mentioned maybe John Gruden's bald, and now 50% of the people who voted in our poll think, hey, maybe John Gruden's bald. So, okay, thought I'd get your opinion on that. Mike, you were one of the people who was weary of the Jags the first time around. And then the Jags, the Jags, pardon me, <laughs> drubbed the Steelers. Are you weary about him this time around? You know, in terms of do I think the Steelers are going to lose the game? No, but can they? Absolutely. And is it going to be an easy game? I don't think so. Uh, a couple reasons for that. Uh, you know, Blake Bortles is not Dan Fouts or Tom Brady or uh, anybody of that ilk, but he's had better games than he had against Buffalo on Sunday. Uh, the, he had a three-game stretch uh, prior to the last two regular season weeks where he's really good. Uh, completed 70% of his passes, over 900 yards, and seven touchdowns. Not that Jacksonville's going to try to beat the Steelers throwing the ball, but uh, the guy is not – he's an NFL quarterback, so there's that. Uh, and the running game thing, uh, I, I keep hearing, uh, especially from Steelers players this week, Cam Hayward and uh, Mike Mitchell, talking about how, you know, Jacksonville had 231 yards rushing last time but didn't really dominate – uh, Hayward was on uh, the DV morning show today, as he always is on Tuesdays. He said it was about three big runs that kind of skewered the statistics. People talk about that 90-yard run by Leonard Fournette at, at the two-minute warning that skewered the statistics. My response would be, okay, throw the Fournette run out. Pretend it didn't happen, which you can't do, but pretend it did. They still had 141 yards on the ground, which yep. is about 50 too many. And part of the problem there was first drive of the fourth quarter, Adam. Steelers put the ball back to Jacksonville. Jaguars start in their four-yard line. And they drive the ball 67 yards, all on the ground, 12 consecutive running plays. They ran Fournette until he got tired. Then they put in Ivory, and he ran the ball some more. And then they kicked a field goal for a 14-point lead and used up over half the fourth quarter doing it. Was that Skewer's statistics, or was that Jacksonville running the ball down the Steelers' throat? And the third cherry on top of that Sunday, since Ryan Shazier went out of the Steelers' lineup, they're up about uh, 20, 21 yards per game, rushing allowed more than when Shazier was in the lineup. They have been susceptible in the sub-package stuff in the running game. Uh, they haven't been as good a defense overall without Shazier, so... Uh, yeah, there are some reasons to be concerned about this Jacksonville team. Everything you just said there makes a lot of sense to me, Mike. And so pat yourself on the back. You're a very smart guy. When it comes to the running game, like you just mentioned, it drives me crazy when people say, well, just throw it out. Well, no, you can't. You give up a 90-yard run in this game, I'm guessing you probably don't win the football game. But the next thing that they'll tell you is if you take the 90-yard run away and you look at the yards per carry, well, it wasn't that great. Okay, fine, but if you rush for over 140 yards, if you throw the 91 out, 
I don't care how many times it takes you to get to 140 yards. You rush for 140 yards, you have dictated that football game. You only have to get 2.5 yards per carry, and if you run for it on fourth down, you get a first down. Yep. It, it, yeah, it's controlling the ball. It's keeping that Steelers offense off the field. Uh, it's preventing uh, Jacksonville from falling behind by a couple of scores, which really puts Jacksonville in a bind, uh, given the, the, the limitations of their ground-based attack. You know, one other element, uh, Blake Bortles showed some legs against Buffalo, and he didn't do that the last time, but he's certainly capable. He's done that in his career. And that's, uh, you know, you have to have a very disciplined pass rush to contain a guy who can do that. And, you know, if a guy like that gets outside two, three times a game and converts first downs where you otherwise wouldn't have gotten them, how does that impact what finally happens? Mike Pursuta joining me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Mike, the Steelers, I think, have a good enough offense that Yes, Jacksonville's got great players, and they do. They've got a really good defense. I still think that they would be able to dictate. I really do. I don't think the Steelers had an identity at the beginning portion of the season. I think they found themselves now by the end of the year. They've been really rolling on all cylinders on the offensive side. I've heard a lot of people say they want to see the Steelers control the clock. They want to see the Steelers be conservative. I don't agree with that. I want the Steelers to take what's there because I think they're good enough now to take what's there, and I think they can do to this team what they did a couple of years ago to Denver. Denver comes in, it's the no-fly zone, and the Steelers said, okay, here's Antonio Brown for 250 yards. I think they're good enough to be able to dictate to the other team what to do. They're definitely good enough, but uh, how sure are you that that's going to happen if he gets 250 as opposed to Ben Roethlisberger turns it over three times, uh, Jacksonville makes a couple other plays, a sack strip, picks, things of that nature. What I would be focusing on if uh, I were Todd Haley and the Steelers' decision-makers would be beating Jacksonville in its own game. Because I think Le'Veon Bell's an elite back. I think he's actually better than Fortnite. I think the Steelers have a great offensive line that should be able to deal with that Jacksonville defense well enough to run the ball. All the glittering Jacksonville numbers, uh, you know, yards allowed, points allowed, sacks, takeaways, 21st in rushing. And I've just I've spent some of my afternoon today Rewatching the Buffalo Jacksonville game, and Tony Romo kept harping on uh, the need to run inside against Jacksonville. Those guys, that's where the, the soft spot is. They're susceptible there, the Jaguars. At least that's what a lot of people think. And uh, I think if the Steelers come out of this game and Ben Roethlisberger has thrown the ball 20 times, I bet they win. Interesting. Mike Pursuta joining me here. Steelers Radio Network, DVE Morning Show. Uh, Mike, the Steelers, the first time... They threw the ball a bunch, and they didn't play good run defense. Those are usually recipes to lose. If you throw it 50 times, I'm not suggesting they do that, but you throw it 50 times, you're not going to win this football game. Do you think the Steelers take what happened in the last game, and do you think that that adds an advantage to them by any stretch, that they are motivated to get Jacksonville back? Oh Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Adam. Sure, uh, Ben Roethlisberger talked about that last week. He wanted second shot at him. Mike Mitchell was talking yesterday about how they do well in, uh, what's he called, run it back. We want to run it back. Uh, Miami situation last year comes to mind where they gave up a ton of yards to Jay Ajayi, and then Miami came up here for the postseason and got thumped. Um, yeah, they'll, uh, they'll have a little bit of an edge because they got beat the last time, but I, I think that probably gets canceled out by the added confidence that Jacksonville has to have from having come here and won, don't you think? I mean, that, that's a growing team, bunch of new faces. 
Uh, Coughlin's down there again, so it's kind of a first-year operation uh, to a degree. And, uh, hey, you know, they came up here and won. Why can't they do it again? That's the way they got to be thinking, right? They do. I have my reservations and doubts about their ability to do so because I've seen the Steelers the last couple of weeks kind of tailor their defensive game plan for opponent. And they've had the ability to be able to do that because they were in a really good position standings-wise. But against New England, I mean, they're playing a lot of man coverage. It's what they think will disrupt New England. Against Houston, they're utilizing uh, Joe Hayden to run across the field with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. That's something that they don't typically do, have a player travel with another player. I think the Steelers have been doing a good job on that side of the ball of game planning for opponent. So if you're the Steelers' defense, you got to key in on stopping the run, and I think that they'll be, I think they'll be better at it than we've seen without Ryan Shazier. But they will have to be to win the game. They will. I, I'm, I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm not saying that won't happen. But it, it will need to happen. If they, if they allow Jacksonville to dictate the tempo and the field position and kind of the terms of the game, they are playing with fire. Mike, I have a hard time after Blake Bortles threw for 85 yards last week, seeing him coming in, and that's in Jacksonville, to a 19-degree Heinz Field, 70,000 screaming people, all drunk. It's going to maybe be a little bit snowy. Steelers' defense is going to be amped up. I have a difficult time seeing him come in, so obviously they need to run the football. But one thing he can do well is he can scramble. We saw that a bunch last week. That kind of success on the ground seems to actually work okay amid some sort of chaos. Yeah, all it's got to do is move the chains a couple times. You don't have to uh, get a big play out of it. And, uh, you know, Bortles threw for 88 or 87, whatever it was last year. He doesn't throw for that every game. Uh, And uh, one of the interesting discussions that I heard uh, right after the game, the CBS post-game show, uh, Phil Simms and Boomer Sison were kicking it around, and Sison was just crushing Bortles and saying, you know, this is, this is not good enough to win on the road, and he's missed all these guys. Phil Simms talked about how Jacksonville knew that Jacksonville was the better team going into that game, and the way to lose to Buffalo potentially would be to force stuff and screw up and, and make it easier on the Bills. So uh, a conservative approach probably by Jacksonville in that situation and maybe less of one coming up this Sunday. I know. Well, he's been around. He's not, you know, he's not fresh out of South Dakota State. Right. Uh, he, he's had good games in the league. Uh, he is capable. Is he? Is he an upper echelon, top tier quarterback? No. Do the Steelers have a big edge with Ben Roethlisberger? Yes. But Bortles is not uh, some uh, jamoke off the bus that has, that has no possibility whatsoever of playing an effective game. Uh, he's also got some experience. He's a pretty good competitor. Be, you know, be advised. It's the playoffs. It's the second round. Uh, I don't think I don't think it's show up and uh, win and rest everybody in the fourth quarter and get ready for New England. Man, of course, Blake Bortles is good. He went to the national championship university, UCF, baby. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. I'm thinking about getting one of those T-shirts. Are you on board with that? Absolutely. Hell yes. Uh, since you went there, I'm glad you did. Let me just rant again about the Big Ten conference champion not getting his seat at the table, and you're going to tell me that's a national champion. Adam, the Big Ten Conference is the only conference that had three, based off the final AP Top 25 that came out after the game last night, the Big Ten is the only conference that had three of the top eight, four of the top 15, and five of the top 17. You're going to tell me the Big Ten champ 
because it played Oklahoma and had the audacity to put on an entertaining game in September and happened to lose to Oklahoma. They don't get to go, but Alabama, which played a Division Nine team before playing Auburn and then lost to Auburn and didn't even make its conference championship game, they get to get in the tournament. Just because Alabama won doesn't mean Alabama deserved the spot that Alabama got. So, yeah, I'm all about the Knights. You might see me at St. Vincent next year with some uh, UCF national champions gear. You know what? When you order some, get me one, too. I'll pay it back, or we could do vice versa. Because I'm, I'm rolling right with you, man. It's an ESPN creation. It's a mythical national championship. If you don't have at least, I think, the five conference champs. So, yeah, and, and pisses me off. Let me, let me debunk another argument. People talk about, well, in the NCAA basketball tournament, you take 68 teams, and they argue about 69, 70, 71, et cetera. Yes, they do. But all those teams had a chance to win their conference tournament and get an automatic bid, maybe they do it. Right. You can't go undefeated and just have somebody say, 12 guys to say, ah, you know what, we didn't think you were very good in September, so F you. Uh, I'm not buying it. I don't have to buy it. I won't buy it. We'll make a difference. I'm sure the ratings were great. Everybody's talking about Alabama today. Good. I've moved on, Adam. I'm like Belichick. Sparty basketball, West Virginia basketball. Maybe they're on a collision course. National championship team? Friendship would be tested, but I'd be down with it. Hey, getting to the Final Four is uh, a sweet thing about how it turns out, Adam. It is, especially for my university, because it doesn't happen very often. Uh, thanks a lot for the time, buddy. I look forward to talking again here soon. UCF. 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 It's a Crowley Show. I'm a conspiracy theorist, but only when I think that there's some fire behind the smoke. Ben Roethlisberger did not speak to Crook and Phony today, did not do his radio show, and I think that's because the Steelers, they don't want any narratives to be dropped. They didn't want anything to be dropped before Mike Tomlin spoke, and They don't want to give the Jags any more bulletin board material. Will Graves of the Associated Press joins me now. Will, no Ben today, huh? No agenda setting, no narrative setting. Uh, I think it's not a coincidence that Ben didn't talk, and all of a sudden Tomlin's availability today, he only had about 15 minutes worth of questions to answer. I don't think that's a coincidence. So we're just hiding... These guys now—that's the—that's the PR strategy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say hiding. I don't know. Maybe his kids are sick. I mean, you never. I, I'm not going to say there was some sort of foul play, but I think Mike was certainly relieved. And you know, I, I think that in general, I think what we're after all the crap that this team has sort of put itself through this season, uh, with its inability to sort of get its story straight or keep its mouth shut. I think these guys are going to get pretty boring in the next two weeks. I think so, too. I think that's probably the right thing to do, and I'm not going to begrudge the Steelers if that's the idea. You don't really want to anger Jacksonville, I suppose. You don't want to be talking about New England a couple of weeks out. Clearly, a couple of questions would have been asked about ben or from ben, of Ben Roethlisberger pardon me, about the New England situation. So best just to avoid all that, I but suppose. Is that just a whole lot of nothing, by the way? Can we just... Can we just put that out there the the, the, the the Patriots thing is a big load of who cares I care why I think it's interesting I, I think for once in his life Bill Belichick doesn't have all the power that he thinks he has and, and maybe this is his way of sort of getting even but I, I mean I just think 
you know, from a journalism standpoint, and, and, and Seth Wickersham's a really good reporter. He's better than I am. He's got a better job than I am, deservedly <laughs> so. This is not to cast shade, at, at, but it's sort of like, you know, we used to use anonymous sourcing to, like, take down government, right? Like, deep, like legit deep throat stuff. And now it's like, guy, it's, it's, it's basically guys peddling influence. Uh, you know, you can figure out which agent likes which reporter the best, depending on who gets the, you know, alert on some random 10 day NBA contract of a guy you've never heard of. I mean, there's just, so this is a lot, there's a lot of smoke here. This is just something to fill the gap in a buy. I mean, they just, and all it really did, to be honest with you, is probably piss the Patriots off, which is kind of the last thing if you're trying to beat the Patriots that you want. So I, I just, it, it, it was just, there was nothing, there was nothing in there, nothing in there. You don't think me. you don't think that any of it had any credence. I mean, it's just who cares? I mean, you, you. I've been married twelve years, okay, and I've been with my wife for seventeen. And trust me, and it ain't, ain't all been you know unicorns and rainbows. Same person. Yes, the same person. Okay. Um, it, you know, it ain't all been unicorns and rainbows. When you get two, when you get a group of competitive rich guys in a room together for a long time, stuff happens. But doesn't it, doesn't it point that they are human? Doesn't it make you realize that they actually are whenever they've been painted so long as robots? I never thought that. I don't know. I never thought. I, I, it was more calculated. Their roboticness was calculated. It's not that they're robots. They just, this is the corporate front that they've put out there for each other. It's like, it's like Tomlin, okay? Like Mike Tomlin is as engaging and as personable as you can imagine when you don't have your recorder on unless you're Tony Dungy, and, <laughs> and then you hit record, and he starts talking like a cop, okay? And that is entirely, and that is Mike, you know, Mike doing his job. Mike is safekeeping his job by being pretty much as boring as possible most of the time. I think he almost like, I think he walks in there on a, on a given Tuesday and thinks, all right, well, this is the week that I'm going to, you know, like the Hollywood Henderson thing, right? I mean, like some of this stuff he, he absolutely saves, but for the most part, you know, He's going to talk. I mean, I had, a, I had a couple questions for him today, but you know what? I could kind of tell where he was going, and it's just not even worth it. It's just not. I'll get it. I'll get it from the locker room. You know. So I, I, I just thought it was nothing. I just thought it was. This is just. You know, it's not as bad as like the Levar Ball stuff, but it's just uh, there's nothing there. I mean, it, to me, it becomes something if Bill leaves to take the Giants' job. You know, to me, I think they're sort of due. I can't believe I'm saying this. I think the Steelers are going to go up there and beat their ass. Whoa! Uh, in in a couple of weeks. I mean, I, I just think it's it's sort of, and you see this happen from time to time. You see this happen where a team, this is not a great version of a Patriots team. Okay, it's not. It's not. Um, it's a pretty good team. I mean, I think we can look at the rest of the conference and say, well, the rest of the conference is kind of garbage, except for these two teams, right? So I just think that the Steelers are sort of due. I mean, I, and you know me, I am by far, I am far from Homer. I just sort of see this coming. I can, it, it's almost like I see this as a, you know, the end of the Godfather where there's going to be a settling of all family business. I just think that this is sort of, you know, and if this, if this Wickersham thing sort of is a thread that, that maybe unravels them, but do you really think that all the crap that's been thrown at them for 18 years that some, story on ESPN.com is going to rattle, rattle them. I just think they're not that great, and they're going to get lit up. If so. they win the Super Bowl, they're going to be looked at 
as the team that was fueled by this piece. And if they oh, lose, yeah. they're going to be looked at as the team that unraveled because of it. And here's what I think. It doesn't have any effect on them. Uh, and even what's going on, if all that is going on, if Belichick is going uh, or pardon me, if Brady is going over the head of Belichick to Robert Kraft and all that crap, if that's happening, it's still not going to affect the way that they play on Saturday, and it's not going to affect the way that they play on this Sunday. Spoiler alert, they're not losing to the Titans. It's no. not going to happen. Uh, they could play their worst game of the season and still win by 10 points. You know, I, I just, But I think that more, speaks more to the gap simply between – I think in the NFC, I don't know if the Steelers or the Patriots will get out of the NFC, to be honest with you. I, I really don't. I think that's – but you look in this conference, I mean, I just think it's the, the gap. Especially can, Pittsburgh's best chance was to have the Chiefs win and then go to New England and win. That was their best chance in terms of, like, most advantageous circumstances to get home field. I mean, it's in, in the championship. It's obviously not going to happen now, but I, I almost think that that's – you know, like how they say the only way out is through. I just think when you look at where the Steelers are playing – I mean, think about it. They're 13-3, and three, and we don't even really know how good they are. You know, they've only had to be sort of as good as they need to be to win most games. That's why they have so many. That's why Boswell, Hathaway's and Boswell's in the Pro Bowl. Well, I, I think, think they're I, sort of due. To, I think they're sort of due to have one game where they just, you know, it all comes together and it looks like the second half of that uh, of the Titans game, which was by far their best performance of the season, and you know, and all of a sudden, and they're going to Minneapolis. I mean, that's just uh, that's just where I where I'm at with them. And, and and like I said, you know, I am not. You know, I don't wear black and gold. My son's actually ticked because if the Steelers go to the Super Bowl, he's I have to go away for a week, and he's not happy about that. Yeah, neither so. are you because it's Minneapolis. Will Graves joining me here on the Crowley Show. Jacksonville is a team that I'm completely overlooking, and I know the Steelers won't, but it sounds like you feel the same way. They ain't coming uh, in I, here I, and winning I mean, that no, game. You know what? I said this to, I said this to Dale Lally today. I, I think it was Dale. I, Jacksonville scares me more than the Patriots do. Whoa. I mean, I just... Blake Bortles scares you more than Tom Brady? The, their defense scares me, but I, I think I would imagine, and this is what I was going to ask Mike today, but it came very obvious that he did not want to, quote, as a, to borrow a phrase, litigate the pass. I, I think they're going to, if Le'Veon Bell has less than 35 touches, I would be stunned. I mean, I, I just think they've got, they didn't get him the ball. They abandoned the run way too early in that game in October. Um, I mean, way too early. And I think you're going to see him get a heavy workload. And I think that is going, they're going to, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to win 30 to 4 to 10. I view it as a 20 to 13 game, but that's fine. You know? I, I so I, I, but it is, a, it's going to be, it's going to be tighter than people think. I'm, I'm convinced of that. I agree to a point. I, I don't think you can abandon the run. I mean, the first time they threw the ball 50 times, I mean, that was ludicrous. But, and they, and they bailed early. I mean, it was, they, they, one pick six makes it, what, 13 9? Right, Whoa. and then they keep they keep running, they keep throwing the ball. I mean, it, and then all of a sudden, three minutes later, it's twenty to nine, and then they stop running completely. I at, with, with what four minutes left in the third quarter, they panicked. I mean, that was by far that was the first time all year they. I mean, the Chicago game was a little weird for a lot of reasons, but I mean, that was really the, that's really the only time all year they've been pushed around. It was you know? that being said, I'm coming out, and whatever Jacksonville gives you, you take it. If they're going to stack the box, you can beat these guys throwing, too. I'm not saying totally abandon Le'Veon Bell, but I don't want to see the Steelers coming in and play scared. I think the Steelers are better offensively than Jacksonville is defensively, and I think you can beat these guys if you get to 24 points. So I wouldn't play scared. I wouldn't just turn around and hand the ball to Le'Veon 35 times. 
Mm, well, I mean, maybe it's 25 carries and 10 receptions, you know. I mean, maybe that's how you get it to him 35 times. I wouldn't I, be conservative is, is all is what I'm saying. Well, I I think... Oh, you're wrong. You're wrong, Will Graves. <laughs> sure. Sports radio, you're an idiot. How dare sure. you think the opposite way of me? Will Graves, Associated Press, which is not as good of a job as the dude from ESPN, joins me here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Will, when you look at Ben Roethlisberger now at the end of his career, maybe not the last year, but this is the kind of game that you, you can't you can't lose. If you lose to the Patriots, at least you lose to the Patriots, and people will crucify him for that, but you can't lose the precursor to that game. No, and, and and I think he, you know, I mean, I it's he, he needs. I'm assuming he's approaching every week as if, as if this might be it, right? And I think he. We saw the guy we saw. You know, he had what five picks in the Jacksonville game, and he had what twelve in the other fifteen, fourteen right. weeks he played or whatever. I mean, I think that it's fair to say that that was an anomaly. I think he wants to prove something. I think the Jacksonville defense is really, really good. But if Antonio is even at 85%, Juju is so much better than he was then. Martavis seems to be in a good spot. If Vance McDonald is healthy, which he appears to be, I just think they have – he's got too many weapons to screw it up. You know, the, I mean, Gilbert's playing. Hubbard didn't play horrifically that game. But, I mean, they have, like, zero excuses, and I think Ben knows that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he's going to – I think he's going to be – you know, I think he's going to be okay if they win 20-13. to 13. You know, I think sometimes they can get a little caught up in, like, how good they might be. And I, that's what I think happened in the first time they played Jacksonville. They're like, what do you mean these guys are stopping us? Let's just keep throwing it. Even though they're the worst, they, even though they have the uh, worst rush defense in the league at that time. Let's just keep throwing it because we're the Steelers, damn it. And oops. <laughs> you know, so, I, you know, I, I think we're not going to hear too much chirping from the quarterback about the playbook or the game plan or whatever. I, I think. Well, we're not going to hear from him at all, apparently. Uh, we'll be a kumbaya for a week, and, and, and then we'll see. Will Graves joining me here on the Crowley Show. All sportsy today with Mr. Graves. Eh. But that's okay. That's what the people want right yeah, now. But it's something, it's something to talk about. You know, I mean, it's like of, of import, right? I mean, it's not just like, well, it's Tuesday, and we've got to find, you know, let's talk about the Penguins' power play in January or whatever. You know, I mean, no disrespect to them, but let's just let them play for a while. Let's not try to make every – Every shift or every game, uh, you know, uh, some sort of reset on where they're at in their season. Here's Back. here's some not hard hitting analysis, and you don't need to be a big all twenty two film dude to know this. But, <laughs> bro, Blake Bortles sucks. He is <laughs> uh, holy no, he's, crap. Uh, he's not good. I mean, when you're talking about, I mean, the Buffalo's defense is pretty good, but he couldn't make passes out into the flat. To, I mean, he missed on, like, three in a row one drive, and it's obvious. About him, I'm almost sort of mad. Like, if you're going to throw in completion, throw him 40 yards down the field. You know? I mean, it's just it, – it's almost like they're trying to do everything they can to protect him because they know he's terrible. Um, and maybe that helps them win games. But, I mean, I, I, the weird part is, like, I think it's in his head. Like, they, he knows the game plan is so bad because they think he sucks so bad that his confidence is completely shot. And I'd rather just, you know what, chuck it. Test that Steelers defense. I mean, they were, they're giving up. They, obviously, they've been susceptible to giving up big plays. Go deep. May we you know, see that, Jacksonville punt on first down? 
I mean, it depends on where the ball is. It may be. <laughs> it's possible. That might not be the worst idea, honestly. I kind of I mean, thought that, you know how Jacksonville went for it, fourth down at the one-yard line? Yeah. I thought they were going to punt it from the one-yard line. <laughs> fourth, fourth down, one-yard line, punt the ball. I mean, that is, that is the coaching staff saying we have to go for it here because this guy's never going to get us down there again, which he did not. And the then they threw it. They put the ball in his hands because the entire world was expecting the ball to go to anybody else other than Blake Bortles in that situation. Uh, that was, to me, I mean, Doug Marone, what are you doing? The flip side is, like, his numbers, comparatively speaking, like, they're not awful. They're, they're he not. sucks. He stinks. I, there were guys running wide open, that, and I hate this. I, this is, again, such a sports radio thing. But there were guys so open, not that far away, that I feel like I could have completed the pass. I mean, a couple of them, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, like, literally, they're 10-yard passes. The guy is wide open. It's the fullback. It's going to be a four-yard gain if he catches the ball. But, I mean, hey, it's a four-yard gain, right? And, and I just, I'm literally writing something today. He had five runs of 10 yards or more and five pass completions of 10 yards or, or He had four runs of 10 yards or more and five completions of 10 yards or more. The longest run uh, play they had all day was a 26-yarder where he fumbled at the end and the ball went backwards eight yards. You know, I mean, so, yeah, he's not great. But, you know, I... I I, the defense, the defense is great. I mean, their defense is legitimately great. Blake Bortles is going to throw five picks. I'm calling it right now. He's going to throw five picks. Steelers win thirty to nine. Book it. Goodbye, Will Graves. <laughs> See you, dude. I love Will is always concise with his final goodbye, but not concise in anything else he says. Love the guy. That's reality. It's the way it is. I'm going to give my hottest take of the day coming up next. The Crowley Show. On behalf of my friend Braden, P1, lead snowflake of the Crowley Show, I hereby declare that UCF is the national championship that this radio program will acknowledge. Hottest take of the day, 412-922-2874. I'm always finding that I want something to end the show. I want to come up with an idea that we can wrap up the show with, and too many times it ends with me and Brian and Joe kicking something around, and I love that. But I got to come stronger with something to kick around. So every day moving forward, at least until I get lazy and decide not to do it, we are doing the hottest take of the day to wrap things up here on the Crowley Show. (laughs) Now, people think, oh, all I do is spit hot takes. No, we like to make fun of the construct of sports radio because we think sports radio is overly serious. They dissect things that don't need to be dissected with the verve in which they dissect them. We like to have fun with things. I will dissect things. I will break shiz down. But if you call up and disagree with me, that's fine. Mike Pursuit and I don't agree on anything. When it comes to this Jaguars-Steelers game, I think the Steelers are going to blow him out. He does not think that. I think it's going to be a hard-fought battle. I know it's second round of the playoffs. I know you got to earn your way here, but tell that to Tennessee when they got their asses kicked because that's going to happen in New England. Point being, we're pliable. We have fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. With that being said, it's the hottest take of the day. We'll get imaging. We'll make Joe make it. Actually, Joe... In a really cool voice, can you say, it's time for the hottest take of the day? Can you do it? I'll do sound effects. You ready? Yep. Okay. Ready, Joe? 
It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. Baby, I got your money. Bama's got all five-star recruits. They got so many damn good players. So many five-star jackasses that the coach can sit the 2016 SEC Offensive Player of the Year for a quarterback who'd never played a meaningful snap in his life in this national championship game. They've won, according to ESPN, five national championships in the last nine years. Nice. Saban will go down as the best coach in the history of college sports. He's one of the best coaches of all time. Yeah, that's fine. I understand all that. But this year, Bama got in because Bama is Bama. Now, did they win the whole darn thing? Did they win the kitten caboodle? Did they win two games in the college football playoff? Yeah, sure they did. Sure. But they got in because Bama's Bama. They played Mercer at the end of the year. They played a bad schedule. The bell cow on their schedule was the first game of the season when they played a top five Florida State team that wound up six and six. Bama got in because Bama's Bama. The SEC carries so much clout. UCF, my national champions, didn't get a seat at the table. Alabama, not my champion. Not my president, not my champion. As good as Alabama is, there are beneficiaries, they are beneficiaries of a big-time confirmation bias. They got into the playoffs this year because they're Bama. Didn't have a great resume. They weren't conference champions. They got in because they've got an italicized A on the side of their helmet, and they got that cute Roll Tide saying, that's it, that's why they're in. Now, once they got in, they got healthy, and they kicked ass. You give Nick Saban that much time to get ready for a football game, He's going to do good things. But they only got in because they are who they are. I've often said this on the show, that even though the listening audience is born in the United States, we're all born in different countries. Some people were born with silver spoon in their mouth. Some babies were born addicted to drugs. You don't get dealt the same hand in this life, unfortunately. I was born privileged. Most of the listening audience was born with at least some kind of privilege. But not only does that exist in real life, it exists in college football. Would UCF beat Bama? No. They would not. But UCF is good. Bama's going to send 12 players to the National Football League this year, according to Todd McShay. UCF would not beat them. But the system is broken if a team that goes undefeated doesn't have a shot to play in the big boys tournament. Hell, Ohio State won their conference, and they didn't get a seat at the table. USC won their conference. They didn't get a seat at the table. Bama's earned a lot, but they've been given a lot, too. UCF earned everything that they could have this year with that schedule, but they didn't get a seat. All you can ask is for them to beat the teams on their schedule. They did. They did not get an opportunity. And that runs deep, man. There are 128 FBS schools, all supposedly at the same level, right? Because it's all the FBS. Actually, only half those teams get a shot because there are 65 Power 5 teams. Those are the only teams that would get in. That's privilege. Is USF better than Iowa? Damn right. Is UCF better than Iowa? Yeah. Could UCF take Wisconsin in a game? I think they could. Is Memphis better than Mississippi State? You're damn right. But because they don't play in the Big Ten or the SEC, they get looked at as inferior. And we've all just accepted that. 
Because ESPN tells us, and Kirk, Her- Kirk Herbstreet smiles, and my God, is he beautiful, and the beautiful hair of Reese Davis. And you got Corso waving his hand like he's the Queen of England. And we've just accepted that everything that they say is true, and the national championship champion team that they deem the champion is the champion. We've all been conditioned to think that the SEC teams fart rainbows. We've all been told that in the Big Ten, it's not bad offensive football. It's just great defense. Come on. UCF could have contended in either of those conferences this year. They beat the team that beat both teams that were in the national championship game. But they don't get a seat at the table. Here's the cry from ESPN and the national college football media members. The schedule. The schedule. They didn't play a good schedule. But in reality, the only reason the schedule seems more difficult is because we've always been conditioned that Power 5 is better than Group of 5. ESPN and college football created a mythical national championship tournament. UCF, despite being perfect, did not get a seat at the table. That's a crime, and this is a sport that's filled with injustice. It is. UCF doesn't get a shot. Ohio State doesn't get a shot. USC doesn't get a shot. Conference champions. Undefeated. But because somebody's eyes told them that Alabama's better, they get in. Alabama who beat Mercer. How exactly do you compare what Alabama does against Mercer to what any other team did against anybody? I'm a Mercer player. The hell do you think Bama's going to do to me? So I do declare, by order of decree, that Adam Crowley and the Adam Crowley Show will recognize UCF as the national champions. Good for Bama. They got the ESPN one, I suppose. That's the one that matters. It is. But UCF declaring themselves national champions, that's a badass move. But that is a good group. They're a good team. I'm not saying that they would have won the national championship if they were given a seat. But because they weren't, declare it. Plant that flag in the name of UCF, baby. Very quickly. We are the champions. No time for losers. We are the champions. My friends. That was my, are you ready, Joe and Brian? Hottest take of the day. I got no voice guy crowd. I know what I happened can't just there. keep doing the sound effects here. The system broke down there. Like I ran out of freaking sound effects. I know, effects. Joe, what are you doing in there? We need you as the voice guy until we get real production, which maybe we should just record that and use it all the time. Or just cut it out. So it's consistently stupid every single day. That was a hell of a stinger, if I do say so myself. That's a hell of a take. Nice. That's how I started the show. And that's how I'll bookend the show with the hottest of hot. Finger gun. Doesn't it make you mad, though? If you're the little guy, if you're the bully at school, if you're the kid who gets his face pushed into a toilet and you're getting the swirly, doesn't it piss you off 
that UCF doesn't get the opportunity? Doesn't it piss you off that they run their table and they don't get valued? Doesn't it piss you off that Ohio State wins their conference championship and they don't get in? Doesn't it piss you off that USC doesn't win their con- they win their conference championship and they don't get in? For the little guy, we got to root for UCF. For the little guy, I declare them national champions tomorrow on the show. We get Eric Edholm, national football writer. Steelers play a big game this weekend, I think. What's ESPN say? It's the Crowley Show. I'm so amped up, I'm doing the East Street Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs>